to the Excellence Cartel Quarantine Edition still. We're all in lockdown. Hope you guys are doing well. I have Gramps and I have Sue, 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 Sue. What's up? What's going on? Oh, man. It's been a week. It feels like it's been a month. A week feels like it's like a bodybuilding show to me. The yeah. last two weeks, like on repeat for the last four weeks, like day 14 to day 13, day 14 to day 13, where it's just that last little bit of suck. You know what I mean? You're pulling yeah. it down. So. That's where uh, I'm at, I guess, on that. But I'm going to kick it off with Jason because Jeff gets mad at me whenever yeah. I actually called you Jeff. Holy shit. Wow. First time. Wow. Right. Times are changing. I know. Times aren't changing. Maybe I've changed from all this. But Jason, <laughs> sir, how have you yeah. been? How's your last seven days been? Um, I mean, I think it's fine. I think it's business as usual. And I, you know, I keep saying that, but that's just how it is um, on my end, really. Um you know, uh, things are growing well and everything's going good with, with everything. My clients that have a lot of the like hormonal metabolic issues and gut issues that I brought on, um, and I've probably brought on 13 or 14 since this whole debacle started and just everyone's doing well. Like, you know, there's, there's, when you're healing guts and you're, you're fixing hormones, there's always like a little hiccup, but like everyone generally is turning the corner and doing well. And so, you know, that makes me feel good that there's, you know, impact and things are, and things are moving in the right direction. So it just, as a coach, it makes you feel good when you see that if you, all you get is negative check-ins, it's, it's a rough week. So everything's going pretty good on my end. Um, you know, I, I am a little antsy, you know, that's about it. I look forward to my weekends where we, you know, uh, go to first watch after church and, you know, usually Saturday nights we take the boys out and, maybe get a little ice cream or something. So I'm missing some of that stuff, but, uh, overall just charging forward, staying positive and it's, I'm not letting it bring me down in, in the slightest. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that that's, you know, uh, I'm sorry. If you see social media, you're starting to see people start cracking. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like they're just starting to like unravel now. And yes. I'm like, Oh dear Lord. Um, Sue, How's yep. the garage gym going? Have you been reported on anymore? Have they like sent more police to your <laughs> to your establishment to break you and your boyfriend up? Man, uh, you know, people need to mind their own business. It's just me and my buddy Steve training in his garage. And, uh, you know, one of his neighbors called the cops. But luckily, uh, you know, we know the cops. So it was, uh, was no issue. Um, I also got my hair cut. I got shit for that too. But, you know, it was just me. You know, my barber made a house call. House call. And uh, I got my, my, uh, my fade done. And, you know, again, people need to mind their own business. Because, you know, like I'm being safe about everything. You know, I'm limiting my contact to probably like two to three people max, you know. And you know, I'm wearing my mask when I go grocery shopping. Are you really? Yeah. The thing, I'm well, not wearing you know what? Well, I'm dude, like, yeah, you know I'm what? wearing a mask, dude. It's like Halloween down here every time. Well, I Jason, they, they are requiring by law that, um, you know, a lot of stores won't let you in if you don't wear a mask. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so right now it's like, you know, people yeah, are we lining don't have up. that here. They're lined up outside the store and they'll let in 50 people at a time. So if you go grocery shopping on a weekend, you'll see like a line wrapped around the building people waiting to get inside dude i'm so happy we haven't got to that point god we don't have any of that in kentucky i will i roll right into kroger i go there like twice a week or three times a week just to get my starbucks because that's still open in the kroger like and there's a cop by the door so you have to sanitize your hands and cop watches you oh my god it's it's crazy out here but listen guys like aside from that aside from all that bullshit (laughs) business as usual as well you know i started i think i think it was like six clients in the last maybe 10 days so I mean, you're doing good. You are, yeah. you are pumping out a lot of content Yeah, and uh, you've dug in rather than letting it break you down. It's, yep. it's, it's, the it's good. The Q and A's and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, things are good with me. Yeah. I'm just a little cold because you know, Jason, Jason's like pushing me now with our <laughs> diet. So he dropped my fats down to 20 grams a day. I mean, most bikini girls have more fat than that. So <laughs> I have my blanket cause I'm cold. <laughs> Sue, I would light up a bowl with you and warm you up if I could. I would do it. Yeah. Um, Let's see. My week, uh, I finished my book that I've been working on. Nice. I got that over with. I've been working on retooling my website, getting it uh, where I'm going to go more online coaching and kind of join you gentlemen. I'm still going to keep some in-person people, but I'm going to start scaling towards online coaching. I've kind of enjoyed 
writing more and things like that. So Plus, you don't want to be at the mercy of the government again. Yeah, no shit. I enjoy putting out content. That's like my big thing. I've really found I've actually liked was, Oh, I don't mind really writing, but you're right. You know, like I was telling my team after this, I was always thinking iron house two, three, four, five, six going down the road. Right now I'm like, er, scale back. I'm thinking about, I want property for iron house one before I make a move to number two and then own a bit enough property where I can have other businesses on that property, on that property with me that are essential that could stay open if I had to shut down. Because I think because of all this, they're just going to create a new way of life where they're like, Oh, sorry, you guys are back to phase zero. So you guys got to yeah, shut right? everything I down. Know. You know, I agree. Like, I feel like now that they've fucked us once, they're going to be like three months later. Oh, well the curve's looking pretty big. Let's revert back to yeah. social distancing in your house. And you know well, what I mean? And everyone's supposed to just jump. Well, dude, the thing I don't get is I don't understand. Like, okay, I get it. You know, it's the whole asymptomatic. It can overwhelm our hospital X, Y, Z. But I'm kind of to the point now where I'm like, why can't we go out there and you tell us the rules we need to play by and we allow us, like, it's like they're babysitting us. Like, oh, nope, you guys aren't safe enough to be able to go out there and stay six feet apart. We don't trust you. And I'm like, well, I mean, well, I don't fucking trust you either. I, you can't, even I, mean? read, I can't even read Facebook anymore because, I mean, <laughs> people that I thought were really intelligent are just not saying things that are intelligent. And maybe they, I'm sure they look at me and say the same thing when I say open it up. But I mean, dude, let's talk percentages. In Kentucky, we have like 120 deaths. We have 4.5 million freaking people. That's 0.00007% chance of dying of this shit. I literally have a better chance of dying in a car every single day I get in one. But let's ruin the whole economy over it. Like, I'm just over that part of it. Like, simple statistics, man. Like, dude, it just doesn't add up. I've been tweeting at my mayor. Well, you all have seen that on my I IG saw story. That. Legalize weed. <laughs> Dude, this dumb motherfucker. Let me just say this before we begin our episode. Did he, so if, did if he you're listening to me. Did he respond? No, because he's a pussy. <laughs> but anyway, um, he gets on there and he's like, he goes and does this News Channel 5 exclusive here in Nashville and says, look, um, the government, the federal government, it's not coming to save Nashville. Uh, we're going to have to do at a minimum a 20%, 20% property tax increase. What? Now we just got fucking leveled two weeks before COVID with a tornado yeah, right? that fucked us in the ass. And then this dude comes along and goes, Hey, the federal government is not coming to save us. And then yesterday, so Monday, the governor came out, right? And said, Hey, I'm getting rid of the stay at home order. Before the governor did that, the mayor had gone out in his press conference earlier that morning saying, expect a stay at home order extinction for Nashville. And I'm like, if the federal government is not coming to fucking save us, then what are we doing? You just, just go ahead and close the whole city down. Like, let's just start over somewhere else. Like, let me just move my equipment to Wilson County, you know, or some shit. But he then, he then changes it today that he's going to phase open Nashville. But I'm like, look, if there's a $300 million deficit, then why the fuck don't we legalize dope and get this shit moving? You know what I mean? Like if you're not going to get 300 million back because Nashville's a tourist city and I don't think many people are going to be dying to come here, especially to go to a bar that's going to be crowded with people. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I just think that's going to take a little bit more time. I think you're wrong. I I don't know, man. I think once they say Nashville is open, it's going to be crowded as shit again. 100%. I don't know if I think it'll be that crowded. I do. I think it'll be, I, I think it'll be crowded again. Maybe not like at its peak, but dude, people are going to come like, yeah. But well, that's my opinion. Regardless, I am, I, would I think go. he's a dumbass. That bull. Yeah. <laughs> Sue, I'm, I'm coming back for the bull, but I'm just watching him and I'm like, this make you, dude, I just, I, I can't wait to vote. And this is another thing. And then like on it, I think you're going to see more people that ever go out and vote in 2020. I think people are just going to be like, yeah, you voted to lock me up. Fuck you. You're out. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. exactly how I'm going to look at it and be like, yeah, you're a part of the asshole. Bye. I don't want to deal with you. Because I don't think, well, I understand the purpose of the lockdown. I think they could have done it a completely different way. I think we could have phased the lockdown in. Like, you know, like we need to scale some things back. So if you're a gym, you need to cut by 70% occupancy. 
and put these precautions. They didn't even try that. They just did this like fucking nuke them and think about it. I'm like, we don't even treat our enemies that way and how we, how we deal with them. So it was just really interesting, but I guess we will begin now. So if you guys are a fan of the excellence cartel and you like what we do, be sure to share us, leave us a review and all that. Um, with that being said, we're going to talk today about cortisol and sleep. This is a question that we get a lot. You know, you'll have people who are tired and wired. You have people who wake up tired, people who wake up wired, people who are wired at night, people who are tired at night, people who are wired in the middle of the night. And this is because of your cortisol and melatonin issues being off uh, the balances between the two and your circadian rhythm. Um, so we're going to kind of take a little step into that today and kind of some stuff that we see as coaches and what you guys can do to fix that. And then kind of like some advanced topics like getting into HRV and monitoring that and how you can adjust things from there perhaps. But with that being said, I'm going to kick it off to Sue to kind of start this one. Sue, what is the number one way that you work, that you address a cortisol problem when you identify one with a client? Like how do you go about doing that? Like where does it start on your intake form? Well, I, I think, well, to answer that question directly, I ask about sleep schedules. I ask my clients when they go to bed, when they wake up, is it consistent throughout the week? Uh, because I have a lot of clients who work various shifts or just have a simply different family schedule on the weekends. So I start looking at that first, their sleep hygiene, basically. And then I ask them about their, you know, further dig into sleep hygiene and ask them, you know, what do they do in the hours leading up to going to bed? And then I will ask about, you know, stressors in their lives, professional or personal, um, their training, obviously, physiological stress, all the different types of stress that can, um, over time, affect your adrenals, um, cause adrenal fatigue, and then, you know, throw off your circadian rhythms when cortisol gets, um, you know, chronically elevated uh, over time. Um, so that's where I would begin. But I think, like, we should explain what, what like, you know, cortisol does and like how it's secreted and the adrenals and all that. So I don't know, I, I've talked enough, so, but I think Jason's a good guy to, to talk about the peaks and valleys of cortisol and how they are, how they naturally should be. Fair enough. I think that's a great call. I yeah. will say this, don't we just love it when doctors say the adrenal fatigue doesn't exist? Y yeah. You hear it all the time. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean. You know what? They say adrenal insufficiency, but they won't recognize adrenal fatigue. Right, right. I Yeah, and I think it's all semantics if you think about it. Like. Yeah. You can see it on labs. So it's like, call it whatever you want. Um, but you can certainly see it. I mean, you know, when you take someone's four point cortisol test, <clears throat> you know, it, it's clear as day. I mean, we know how it should go. It should be higher in the morning. Um, yep. You know, and then as the day kind of goes on, it's, 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 it's kind of like a slow, like a little gradual bit more peak. And then it starts to just come on down so that you can get ready to, um, sleep in the evening. So, I mean, when you take a four point cortisol, they normally do it at like, um, 8 AM, like noon, uh, 3 PM, somewhere around there. And then they'll get you like a 9 PM one. And so you can map out how this is going. And ZRT is one of the companies that has a four point cortisol test. So you can Google that if you're listening right now, um, nutrition dynamic has them on their website, which is really nice. You just go to nutritiondynamic.com. That's what I use. Um, and so you can get your test if you suspect that you have this, um, you know, but like Jeff said in the very beginning of the podcast, it can kind of go all over the board. Like, um, you know, you could have a flat line where you're just not producing any cortisol. You could have where in the morning it's low and it's spiking at night, which is going to get more into what we're talking about today with sleep and how to deal with that. But um, just know that, um, you know, the cortisol pattern really should be going up in the morning, um, it peaks around midday and then starts to come down. So um, that's what you need to know and understand when you're looking at your own labs. Um, and a lot of these labs will tell you, like, is this clinically high? It'll give you an H or this is clinically low. Um, and then we can get into protocols from here um, about what we do, what supplements we may use, um, and, you know, how I think we need to address, obviously, how cortisol affects melatonin, um, different things along those, those lines. So um, we usually do things so organically here. We don't really make a big plan. Um, did I cover what you wanted me to hit for that part there? Is there anything more in depth you guys want to add about testing and just how the, quarter, how the lines should go? Um, someone should cover a flip circadian rhythm and what that looks like because, you know, you're going to see that a lot. 
I'll just add real quick that um, the levels, if you test it in the morning, the levels should be around 10 to 20 uh, micro, I think it's MCG micrograms per deciliter. And then in the afternoon, it should be like a fraction of that between like, I think it's like three to eight or three to 10. Um, and so if you obviously have something outside of that in your lab results, you'll know if you're low or you're high, but it should, like Jason and I both said, it should peak in the morning uh, for most people. Um, and then I think there, there, Jason, would you agree that there's some inaccuracy in the blood yes. uh, tests? So the best way to yeah. do it, it so is, far. but like, you know, I can't always get people to spend, you know, tons on labs and then also spending more money on ZRT. Right. So a lot of times I'll just get the blood um, cortisol AM test and I like it around 12. Um, I think 20 is too high. If you're trending to 20, yes, that's, that's the range. Hmm. If you're up there to me, even though you don't get a clinical high reading, that is trending the wrong direction in my, so I look for around 12 um, is a really nice number. Um, but, um, you know, the labs for blood, people will say they're not as accurate, but it's going to give you a good idea. And if I don't want to have to have someone spend more money on ZRT, I, I hate to have to do it. But if it's just a huge problem, then more money needs to be sent there and then maybe not as many other labs you know what i mean so um but yes it, the most the more um accurate is the zrt where you do a four point and you're spinning into a little like vial and you send that off so yeah. saliva yeah yeah and then um it's also important to talk about with your cortisol when his cortisol is high you have uh testosterone that's being leached because they work on a uh, an axis with each other so you'll see that a lot with men <clears throat> i've noticed is i had a guy actually do a four-point cortisol test and he was the flip-flop version where he was high all in the morning high all in the day and then was like low all at night and, and so forth um and his testosterone levels for 29 was like i think they were 147 or something like that and he had the typical symptoms of it. You know, cortisol loves belly fat. So it tends to bind there even more than anywhere else when you have uh, higher cortisol levels. So he had the typical fat patterning starting to show up. He was, you know, hard time building muscle, body fat on his belly and his lower back. And uh, sure enough, the labs show that. Jason, how often do you see a flip-flop circadian rhythm when you – get people because i actually have seen it a few times i mostly see it out of men than i more so than i do out of women oh, no. i end. see it i see it way more in women um That's just me personally i don't see cortisol issues nearly that much in men at all to be honest with you i'm um, actually out of like 10 of my guys like six of them all had issues compared to the girls wow. where I'm yeah at. Like i don't see 30 that at all. girls would be like maybe i don't know 10 of the girls it was like you know a third of the guys was yeah. over half. That's been completely different than my um, findings, but most of my men are on HRT. And so that's going to keep cortisol down because there, as Jeff Black just told you all, there's an inverse relationship between cortisol and uh, testosterone. So if you keep your testosterone in good ranges, um, you're not going to see that. So it's possible with a lot of the guys you're running are completely natural. Oh, they are. So, yeah. So, yeah. you know, and they probably haven't lived the lifestyle very long. And so, um, no, but that's important for average Joes and average Dan's yeah. who are so listening that's to understand. Kinda, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of outside of my client base, um, and I think that's why. Um, and most of my women I get with all these problems are, are you know, the, the type A, the competitor, they want the good body, um, been dieting all the time. So I think that makes sense. Wow, that's what I see. Um, and since you do a lot more general uh, clients, I think that makes makes sense, especially when they're natural and just getting into uh, the sport. So, but that's good that you can find that and fix that because I'm sure where you were headed was, you know, that's going to be your angle to fix this testosterone too as, mm -hmm. as, as you move along. Um, so, you know, um, I, the, the one thing that um, is important in sleep to understand um, we talked about the inverse relationship between cortisol and testosterone, and there's a, there's an inverse relationship between cortisol and melatonin too. Right. So as cortisol is, is rising, unfortunately, melatonin is going the opposite direction and dropping. So, and melatonin plays obviously a huge role in helping us, you know, close our eyes and actually fall into that, that, that true sleep. Um, so Obviously, that's one of the issues with cortisol being elevated. Um, and then, you know, some of the other issues you see is not being able to turn the mind off. So, you know, that is a problem as well where people just can't relax at all. So you've got that anxiety built up at night too. 
Um, so, you know, there's, there's a couple things going on there with, with the sleep and then also neurotransmitters start to get affected too when cortisol stays high. So you're going to have less GABA, less serotonin. So it, uh, it plays a huge role. That's why I've said before that, like, I think, um, really t- t- to, to keep the body as healthy as possible, managing stress and keeping cortisol metabolism high is one of the biggest things you can do with your clients, yourself, um, in educating your followers is, 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 is that right there is, is cortisol management. Yeah. yeah. And I think we can all agree as coaches, sometimes it's kind of hard to sell clients. I know for my gym pop mm. clients, when I'm like, 100%. Hey, I think, you know, you got high cortisol and you're stressed. Like I'm not stressed. I'm like, well, um, you know, like, <laughs> right. you're, well, the one saying, you're, you're defensive waking immediately. Up, <laughs> you're waking up for 2 a.m. in the morning till four, right. and then you go to get up at 6 30 and you feel like you've been beat with a baseball. Oh, bat. yeah, like, like you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're so right, though. I mean, like, I, I had recently a guy hire me, and you know, um, I'm trying to fix his digestion, and I mean, there are issues like gas reported, and and I've got like a pretty nice stack. And he's like, man, I just can't afford all this. Can you cut some things? And I'm like, oh, man. And then the next breath, like, it's like, oh, I want to add a pre-workout. And I'm like, you're just not getting, you're just not getting what, I'm, what I'm putting down here, you know? And so it is difficult sometimes to sell someone on that. And if, you know, if they won't listen, it's tough. I mean, there's good books out there. Like, if you read The Cortisol Connection, it's hard to walk away from not having that belief that, man, this is driving a lot of disease, a lot of the issues in our, in our society. And it's not, again, people listening, it's not that cortisol is bad. It's, it's a response to too much stress. The stress and all that is what's bad, but built up cortisol, unfortunately goes from being anti-inflammatory to causing a lot of problems when it's not metabolized and moved out of the body, which is caused from not moving enough usually to burn it up but then if you're moving too much and you're too stressed then it's it's there constantly too so it's that it's that middle ground so for a lot of gen pop they're just not moving enough to burn it off but then you've got our you know you've got our competitors and our type a's who are just working too hard just pumping it out too much that the body can't keep up so there's kind of that different dichotomy there um but but yeah hopefully that that cleared it up yeah, no, and by the way, if you guys are jotting down references for a book, <clears throat> there's a really good book called Why Zebras Get Ulcers. Don't get don't, them. Don't get ulcers. No. Sorry. Sorry. Apostrophe problem. My bad. <laughs> Sue, anything you want to chime in there? Because I know between Jason and I, you have a little bit of gym pop and competitors. What's kind of been your experience there on that? I do. Yeah. Um, you know, I've noticed across the board over time that my clients who work in high stress jobs, particularly the medical field, like I've told doctors on the team, nurses, especially right now, um, they tend to lose weight a lot slower. People who travel all the time, constantly changing time zones in their travel, um, I find that those clients drop the slowest. Even if they adhere to the plans at about 90% to 100%, um, they are still very, very slow. And that is 100% due to messed up sleep, being jet lagged, and having elevated cortisol. Um, and I think the one thing I want to add, just for people to understand, is like, you know, the function of cortisol and the adrenal glands and all that is to fuel you for flight or fight. And um, so it'll your body will actually liberate glucose to, you know, physically fuel you for escape, you know, if you have like a physical threat. But the problem is that, you know, with, you know, people who work stressful jobs like that, you're constantly being psychologically stressed. And that's what leads to adrenal fatigue over time. It's that constant triggering of cortisol. And um, the only one thing I want to add is that cortisol also inhibits insulin. So we've talked about it being counteractive to testosterone and to melatonin, but it's also counteractive to insulin as well because, and the reason for that is because we don't want insulin storing that sugar, right? The body doesn't want it to be stored. It wants to be readily available in your bloodstream to fuel everything. So that's why it kind of shuts that off. Um, And the other thing is digestion. So it'll shut off your PNS too. So your SNS dominant. And that leads to uh, dysmotility, dysbiosis, and it can be like a feedback loop, which causes more inflammation and more cortisol release due to the dysbiosis. So um, I see that a lot with a lot of people. Yeah, you know, before I really got into like, um, into sleep and HRV and all that, I used to sleep, go to bed at eight and I'd get up at two. 
And that was just, I was like six hours sleep, four cycles, you know, based upon the typical, you get a little bit of REM, you get a little bit of deep, you get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, every, you know, cycle of sleep. And I just remember when I went through that HRV course, I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll get this HRV band. And I'll be honest, you know, being a coach, I have to work at my sleep. Like I have to like really work at it to get good sleep. Um, and I think that that if, if someone like me who takes all the supplements, who has all these things we're going to talk about can still admit, I have to work at it. That should be a take home message for everyone. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when I started, got that whip band and I was watching my sleep, I was only getting like four and a half hours of sleep mm-hmm. because you could be in bed for, you know, six hours, but you might only have actually been getting like four and a half, usually lose an hour worth of sleep a night from in bedtime to what you sleep. So, you know, when clients be like, yeah, yeah, no, I sleep like four or five hours. I'm like, oh, well, that's a problem right there, <laughs> you know, and, and then trying to convince them of it. Um, I want to turn the, the, the wheels a little bit though. And I, I want to get into what do you guys think causes the um, chronic cortisol? Like how do you think in a gym pop person, well, let's take a gym pop and let's take a competitor. So Sue, in a gym pop person, how do you think that cortisol problem starts? Because it just doesn't start overnight. Do you want to kind of play out the scenario by the time they get to you? I think by the time they get to me, I think it's a combination of, um, you know, repeated dieting over time to try to lose weight. Um, you know, maybe not approaching exercise in a very balanced fashion, maybe doing a little too much high intensity stuff, especially the women who kind of fall prey to all those classes and you know, aerobics and all of that, not knowing how to support um, their cycle with like magnesium and zinc, which can help with HPA dysfunction, which is also a comorbidity or something that also happens with, um, you know, adrenal fatigue and elevated cortisol over time. So it's a mix of all that stuff. And it's also a mix of like, you know, soft skills, like knowing how to manage stress, knowing how to say no to things and prioritizing self-care and sleep. So it's a mix of all of that. You know, like I said, a lot of my gen pop clients, they work very stressful jobs. They got a balanced professional life with uh, personal life. You know, oftentimes they're single mothers. So a lot of that stuff is um, uncontrollable. So I just encourage my clients to control what they can and be smart about things and prioritize their time and be able to say no to things that would take away from their self-care. Um, but yeah, by the time they get to me, they, they just don't know how to do all that stuff or right? they've been doing it the wrong way. And I have to re-educate, not from a physiological perspective, but from a psychological mentality as well. How frustrating is it when you get a client like that though, and they want to lose 30 pounds in 90 days because that's what they did three years ago and they want to be able to do that again. It's like, you know, your, your typical Mrs. Jones sees it. How do you sit them down and explain, well, yeah, you could do that. You know, back then you could do that, but here we have these other issues going on. Like how do you relate to them that difference between sympathetic nervous system dominance, the fight or flight, and then the need to get into a PNS rest and digest state like how do you break that down to them because i know that's a that's a complex thing to take and to shove it yeah. down their throat well i i like explaining things in a very simple manner to people and i'll have them try certain things and certain examples and you know i think part of this has come down to coaching right you have to sort of you know lead the horse to water and make it drink too um so i i explained to them that you know every time that you diet every time that you try to change your physique it becomes a whole different journey every single time you try to do it because dieting and and training and all this stuff to an extent is like it's cumulative and it's sort of one level sort of builds on the other and you could build something you know disastrous or you could build something that continues to fuel you into your later years in life so i try to make them understand that first but, you know, if someone's stressed out, for example, like I'll just say like, you know, I had a new client recently. I'll use this as an example. Young kid, 17 years old. He was put on some crazy low carb diet, super, super high protein, a lot of fat burners, all this stuff. And his digestion was a mess. Everything was just like messed up. And I was like, listen, like, I know what's going on here. You give me three days into our program and I'll teach you how to fix this. And, you know, I'll show you why. So we started tracking his blood glucose. He came to me 97 fasted. Um, three days in, it was down to like 80 something. And then now it's down to like 60 something. And I explained to him the connection between, um, stress and insulin resistance and sensitivity and whatnot. And he began to feel better. Bowel movements were there and he was, he bought in. And from there, did you use some GDA max? I did. I used GDA and I have him taking Cordy's too. Yes. 
So, um, and I'll talk about another client later on, which I had to take one Cordy's per meal uh, for three days straight. Yep. Um, but yeah, Jeff, that's what I would do. Lead by example and do something real quick and quantifiable so they can see and feel the results. So then they're in. Yeah, I use the blood glucose trick. I'll have clients who will bitch about their sleep. I'm like, well, cool. Take the, on the day you have crappy sleep, when you wake up that morning, pin your blood glucose. And like, you know, they'll be like 118, like, holy shit. I'm yeah. like, well, that's what happens when you have bad sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like One night of bad sleep will elevate FBG. Yeah, it will. And, and that's yeah. one thing that people need to take away. That's a way you can monitor your sleep to some degree if you don't have a wearable app. You know, yeah. of course, at that point, you have to break down digestion, a few other variables, but it can at least start trailing you or you can start tracking in the right direction. Jason, I want to toss to you. How hard of a sale is it to a competitor that you get that the first thing they have to do is a cortisol reset with you and explaining why, especially because you're dealing, like you said, a type A wants to keep going, but how do you set them? How do you approach that in the beginning to set them up for the success that you're getting with all the female clients you're getting? Because you are the bikini coach. I mean, we know that <laughs> you're like master bikini coach. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can't do anything else. Yeah. can't do anything else. Suck. But um, how do you kind of sell that? Because I know that, Two years ago, you started talking about that, and it was like you were met with fucking idiot, and now it looks like now I see all these other coaches doing it. Yeah, I told her to do this and that, and I'm like, oh, well, Jay was doing that two years ago, you know? Right. Well, um, fortunately at this point, um, I think people know that um, I help a lot of people just to get hormones back in range, help to get their health back so they can do what they love. So most of the people that come to me they have issues and they will spell it out in their email and they're like, and they're well, and they're in like entering, you know, email to me when they're inquiring. So I can usually then take that and give them a understanding of what's I believe is going on with their body. And then I don't get any pushback on labs with those people because they've already felt the issues. And then when I give them a quick synopsis of what's kind of going on internally, they're like, Oh, okay, that makes sense. And then we get labs and it almost always, you know, comes back the way I explained it would based on their symptoms. And so a lot of times I don't get that hard pushback. Now, there are plenty of times I get people through DMs who maybe heard me on this show or on another show um, or, you know, just read something, but they haven't really delved into it. And when I say, look, you're, you know, it's going to be training less. It's going to be uh, supplementing to probably to fix your gut if it's a problem. It's going to be fixing estrogen dominance. It's going to be, you know, your cortisol is probably going to be an issue. When I explain the program, then I do get pushback from those people. And I just tell them, look, you know, here's your symptoms. Here's what's going on. And, you know, I'll be here when you want help. And I can't force people. I just explain based on symptoms, the best that I can, what is going on internally. And most people are like, okay, that makes sense. And then some of the really smart ones will go away and they, they Google estrogen dominance and they, they Google low progesterone and they Google, you know, cortisol dominance. And they're like, man, yeah, this sounds like me now that you've said all this, you know, let's fix this. So I think it's education based on symptoms, but most of the time people are, my point is are contacting me. They already have some of those symptoms so it's not like, you know, I'm trying to convince them to, to do this. It's like, I'm just explaining what's going on and what they probably need. Um, okay. Well then we have new coaches who listen to this. How did you sell that to a, say, say a new coach is working with competitors and say most competitors only follow who they follow in their circles. So the idea of rest and taking better care of yourself is foreign. So how did you kind of make headway with this approach? How did you sell it would be my question to you. If you were a new coach, how would you sell it to someone? It's tougher as a new coach because um, a lot of times the clientele they have don't see the importance of labs. Um, but a lot of times I believe what would have to happen with new coaches is that client's going to have to almost see it in action. So you might have to start the diet. And when they're 12 weeks in and they've lost four pounds and they're doing uh, 60 minutes of cardio and eating under 100 carbs and they're not getting results uh, and the law of thermodynamics says they should be dropping weight, but they aren't, uh, then they might listen. But 
you know, I don't have to go that route. But my point is, you know, if it's a new coach and they're not willing to invest in labs and they want to push forward, you push forward. And when they stall out, you're like, I told you so in a nice way and then go from there. So, you know, I, that there's only so many ways to do it, but education is the way. Do you um, have anything you specifically recommend, Sue, that your clients might want to read or you take up on when you're trying to uh, institute these protocols with them, which we'll get into here in a second? Um, you know, I've recommended some of the books that, you know, we read, you know, that Zebra's, Why Zebra's Don't Get Ulcer's book, um, Seven Systems is another good example. Um, there are some books by Scott Abel that are pretty good, like Understanding Metabolism is one of them. Um, so I've recommended those books to my clients. Um, who knows if they actually read them or not. Um, but aside from that, you know, I linked them to studies and I just put things in practice, like simple things like, you know, like for example, like I have some women who, um, you know, I'll put all their carbs like in the later meals of the day to help them re relax and feel sleepy at night, get them back into the swing of things. Then I'll move the carbs back, um, earlier in the day. Um, I've done stuff like that, you know, and just like I said earlier, pulling cardio, you know, using cordies, showing them the effects of adaptogens showing them how to read blood glucose. Those are the things that I do to get them to, to learn. Yeah. That carb thing I'll do with my gym pop girls and stuff like yeah. that, especially if they report that they're waking up like two, three in the morning, just wired as hell. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well we need a, your neurotransmitters off primarily serotonin. So we could add some carbs. Or we could add a supplement called five HTP and yeah. nine out of 10 girls. Like, well, I'll just flip flop my carbs around. I'm like, I think that's a great call. Cause you'll go to bed feeling fuller a little bit more rest and you're less likely to blow your diet. So I will kind of put that in there for a little bit like you, if, if digestion and other things are up to snuff. Yeah. I like doing a giant sweet potato, you know, just a big sweet potato, you know, obviously per macros, but um, sweet potato with almond butter and a well, whey shake, like uh, isoperfect. That's like a good, you know, cortisol reset meal, I call it. <laughs> what do you all think about using sleeping pills to get mm -hmm. around this problem? Because I'll have clients who will take Xanaxes, Ambience. Uh, I had one guy who was a client of mine and he reached out. We were trying to work on his cortisol, but um, I haven't heard from him in a little bit. But he was literally taking by a doctor's order a half of Xanax. And then within an hour, if he was still awake, another half. And then if he was still awake, another half on top of that until like, you know, and he only got like five, six hours sleep. And he was like, I'm just so tired. I'm like, dude, because you're not getting into any sleep levels. And he yeah. bought a whoop and like his deep was like less than 15 minutes oh, every God. night. Dude. Oh, God. And I didn't I even mean, know that was possible. Dude, it was like terrible. His ream was terrible, his deep and all. But you got to think like he would, he would admit it. He's like, well, sometimes I'd take a full one. So you're talking anywhere from up to half, half a tab to three full tabs. I bet if you ran that guy's cortisol, it'd be over 25 at night. I yeah. bet it was all over the place. But I mean, he, within a matter of two years when his sleeping problems began from work, he put fat on so fast on his belly. I don't oh, know yeah. it was like. It was remember what we were saying. Yeah. You're, not no, sleeping. Are, You're yeah. waking up fast. The blood glucose is high. Now cortisol is high. I mean, man, that's a yeah. shit storm for an early death. Oh, dude. Yeah. And, you know, that's what you try to tell him. That's one of those. Well, my doctor said, I'm like, well, I mean, if your doctor's going to be there praying over you at the funeral, <laughs> then, you know, I mean, like, I'm cool. I'll give him a high five, I guess. I'm a yeah. dick. But um, what's your all's take on that? You guys. It recommend that in certain situations or you guys try to tell them all stay away because I say stay away, but I know people will ask what our opinion. Are, I, our I think you, here's the thing. What I aim to do is find the, the causes, like what's causing this. And sometimes Western medicine is more about here's a pill. And I feel like Western medicine assumes that the patient is just going to be lazy and only would work that way. But I don't believe that's true of everyone. Like, I think plenty of people would take, you know, more natural remedies if it was explained and they were educated. So, you know, I don't really ever advocate taking sleeping pills. I mean, let's fix the underlying cause. We'll look at labs, fix everything. But to this show's today is about cortisol and sleep. So, you know, I'm going to have that person start resting more. I'm going to figure out why are they so stressed. And, you know, I can't make them quit their job. But, hey, maybe – they, you know, get up late for work. And so immediately when they get up, they're just rushing. Like I try to teach people to get up early, um, relax, um, have a good breakfast, give themselves time to maybe read something they enjoy and then drive to work. And then, you know, maybe uh, they're training six days a week. I can pull that back to three or four. I try to look for ways 
that I can pull back stress first and foremost. And then I'll address the problem too with um, products that we made at New Ethics, Cordy's. I'll have two timed at night, 30 minutes pre-bed. And, um, you know, if that's not solving it, I'll add in relax. Um, that's our more neurotransmitter driven, uh, product and I'll have them do two full droppers. And you know what? 99% of the time you're going to fix that because, you know, you're attacking it from all, you know, levels. Now, obviously nutrition has to be right. I mean, we're nutrition people here, right? Like I think all our listeners eat pretty well, but I mean, if I was dealing with a gen pop, obviously the diet has to be addressed too. Um, but I'm going to use uh, cortisol and uh, our relax. But, you know, for the listeners out there, uh, basically I'm just attacking it from lowering cortisol with uh, nutraceuticals and then boosting neurotransmitters with new nutraceuticals while I address the stress. And then the goal will be over time. Once all that's fixed and the underlying issue is fixed, you wouldn't need cortis and relax at night. You would just use it as needed rather than daily. All right. Well, what do you guys think about marijuana? than for sleepy sleep because i see that there are a lot of different studies saying it might not be so good for you to help you sleep and i know for my whoop that if i smoke up too close to bed yeah i it do not have HRV. as good a recovery no recovery and hrv will be down yep. but as far as thc helping sleep it's amazing <laughs> but we learn that it doesn't allow you to get into as deep of sleep it seems yeah how, how long was yours sleep. off by um Cause you, you know, I would close. go from greens. Like, I don't remember exactly, but I would go from greens recovery, you know, down to like definitely yellows and reds. And, yep. um, I could see HRV drop by 20 points for me. Yeah, I could see that. Now the other thing is it's interesting. If I microdose earlier in the day, I'm guaranteed like a great HRV recovery the next day. But if I microdose anywhere within six hours of going to bed, my sleep is not as good because LSD does impact your sleep. Even a microdose impacts my sleep just a little bit. Um, Sue, got any? What's your take on marijuana? You smoking before? You hey, I, I smoked last night. Um, Did it affect my sleep? See, I don't track my uh, my HRV like you guys do, so I can't quantify anything. So I can only speak subjectively. I don't smoke that often either. Probably like, you know, three, four times a week before bed. Um, but I don't feel any different in the morning. So that's all I have to say we about need that. To get you, you need to get a whoop and join us so we could create a little team. All right. The three of yeah. us could compete. I'll be whooping y'all's asses on green days. Um, what's y'all's take on alcohol as a way for a sleep aid? Because we all know that there are a lot of women who will say, I just do a glass or two before bed or a couple of guys, you know, guys would be like, I just Terrible. do a whiskey before bed or it affects HRV well, let, even worse. All right. Well, let's talk about what it does for cortisol and for the sleep. So I'll throw that to you real quick, Jason. And so I like your take on it. Well, I know what alcohol does. It increases GABA, which is one of the calming neurotransmitters. So I get that. But in terms of um, stress to the body and recovery, my worst recovery ever was a night after drinking. It was, uh, we went to Nashville. I had probably six drinks. Um, I think my recovery that day was 18. It was super red and 18. I don't even know. I think the HRV was 12. Um, and that's not even getting like blasted. I mean, six drinks. I know maybe some people would be hammered, but like it was over the course of a night. I mean, I'm 200 pounds. Like it, I wasn't even that hammered, but it crushes you. Alcohol just crushes you. So if you use that as your crutch every night, you're just walking around in perpetually unrecovered state. Yeah. The stuff on the studies with alcohol says that until the alcohol is burned off, you're not getting into REM or deep sleep. I believe so it. You're, yeah, yeah. No, I believe it too. Because the nights I've drank where I've gone like the night I was with you, I think yeah. I was in the twenties. I was like, yeah. shit. I, I don't, I take it off now because it just pisses me off. <laughs> and then it makes me not want to like, you know, just chill out. And sometimes you need to just have some drinks and chill with your friends. So I take it off because I don't want to see it in the morning. I just don't. I just don't mess with it. I just put it back <laughs> and Chase is like, "This data does not exist to me." No, yeah, basically, like I mean, I know it's gonna be bad. So, like, why do I? You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't need it. It's gonna make me feel bad. So I don't wear uh, it that night. I'm gonna start doing that when I go eat Chick Fil A and have a giant Sonic Blast because the next morning I wake up my HRV shit. I'm like, "Fuck you, Sonic!" That was that Sonic yeah. Blast right there. Exactly. Yeah. Sue, what about you on that one? You know, like um, like the whole Xanax thing, you know, especially with alcohol, I think it is the, the worst substance that you can lean on as a crutch, especially if you have, if you have sleep issues. There are just so many other natural things that you can try, like 5-HTP, melatonin, valerian root, um, you know, ashwagandha, cordis, um, so many things you can try. 
before you reach out to something so habit forming like that, which over you know the long term can exacerbate dysbiosis, increase inflammation, whole bunch of stuff, make estrogen dominance worse. Um, yeah, just don't, just don't do it with alcohol. So I have a female of mine. She drinks, I guess, a serving of red wine a couple nights a week. And if she does that and she meditates every night, like that's what we're working on, but that's what she asked for. And I was like, cool, let's see if it makes work. She actually will wake up green, but if she goes anything over like two servings of wine, it pins her way down, like what we're saying. So there's a threshold. So the only way I would tell people to do that would be is if you had a way to monitor your sleep and see what you're really doing, which if you're 40 years old, you want to be able to get at least uh, 15, half of your age time and sleep. So for me, I'm looking for about an hour of sleep, uh, deep sleep and an hour of REM a night. It's like 15% on both as well. I get way, but I get more than both in like six hours of sleep, man. Dude, I'm just more stressed than you. I think I I probably, I would like way more tidy whities than you do. I would agree with that, man. I mean, with everything you got going on with the gym and employees, all that adds more stress. Oh, it's dude. It's, it's been like that my whole life. So I think it stems back to my childhood and all the surgeries I had, where the nurses waking me up all through the night, just different things I had to do. I think I've just have shitty sleep patterns because like I'm the type of person, if I get up to pee, I'm immediately up. I'm up for about 15, 20 minutes before I'll fall back asleep. Yeah. So that's why I always, I have to like really, really work at sleep and like all these breathing. Now I will say, and I mean, I've posted this online before and I think you all have seen it. Like my deep in REM, I I have to use like a cortisol product and relax to get that type of, response but like most people just so our listeners know get about one hour of deep and about one hour of ream um in eight hours so for me getting close to two of each in six six and a half is what i normally get i mean i'm in bed more but like jeff said you lose about 50 to an hour like that just says no sleep so even though i go in it's seven and a half like i get about six and a half of real sleep um so the more you can maximize that deep and ream um and, and the sleep that you do get, like the better off you're going to be in terms of recovery and how you feel. And we've both seen this in, in our, on our HRV uh, whoop apps. So, yeah. Um, well, let's talk about supplements then, since you kind of brought that up. And I know you talked a little bit before, but let's run some scenarios, I guess. Yeah. So that way, maybe we could talk about it. Sue, I'm going to throw the first one to you. Okay. Yeah. You get a male, we'll say 40, low T, high stress job. Um, works out with weights five days a week to relieve his stress and is a perpetual dieter in the sense of he's like most guys, he starves himself Monday through Friday and then eats whatever he wants Friday night to Sunday night. How would you go ahead? How would you? Sort that sounds like most women. <laughs> <laughs> I see some guy. I actually have someone like that on the team. Do right you now. have a couple guys like that? Yeah. Guys are the yeah. worst about that, man. Really, man. Most of my yeah. guys want to be well average fed. Joe's, average Joe guys are the worst. Yeah, I just don't like, have a ton of those. Yeah, yeah. You don't have a ton of them, but yeah. I have, like, that's what I, that's my specialty. I love average Yeah, Joe's, and so you see that more. Them, that's dude, interesting. They'll be like, they'll be like, oh, dude, I lost like three pounds. I, I, I flipped out. I had to go to McDonald's and have like three Big Macs. What the? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Right. Yeah, I see that a lot with the CrossFit guys. Yes, the CrossFit guys are real bad about that. They can't like if once they start eating, it's. I, I remember one guy he wanted one meal a week with his girlfriend, and we had to give it to him at nine o'clock at night on Saturday night, just so that so he, he finally would, would eat go to and bed. just go home and go to bed because it would just like open a can of worms. But he did CrossFit. Yeah. So go ahead, Sue. Talk about that. You know, with, with guys like that, you know, first I'd make them aware of the low T issue. You know, if they haven't already had blood work, I'd have them get it to confirm that they do have low testosterone. Explain to them the proper ranges. Explain to them the risks associated with living with low testosterone, and how the benefits of uh, TRT far outweigh any sort of risk that you may incur from that, provided that it is a true TRT dose. Um, I'd pull down cardio. You know, I had a guy who um, came to me, like I said, like in this situation, I only have him training three days a week, full body. And um, we started off with no cardio. And now we just added like 20 minutes after each session. Um, and then obviously like, you know, he was doing keto or uh, paleo or whatever, and uh, just trying to stay away from carbs in general. And so I fed up um, and that, you know, started to resolve some issues or he's down seven pounds by, um, you know, adding the carbs back and everything like that. Um, but yeah, that's where I would start, Jeff. I would, I would start by, you know, giving some quantifiable, um, numbers so that they know what the problem is and then explain how to fix that problem. 
and uh, you know, then they have their, you have their buy-in and you start from okay. there. What supplements do you recommend in that situation? Um, absolutely ashwagandha or Cordy's. So Cordy's is also, um, you know, it's a mix of adaptogens, you know, by Jason's company, uh, New Ethics. So, you know, either or, sometimes you don't need ashwagandha. Um, but those are already in there. They're already in there, yeah. Um, but those would be the two that I would go for. I mean, there's another thing called like cortisol by NPA. You can try that too. Um, but other than that, um, supplement side, magnesium and zinc and vitamin D for women. Um, but that's about it. That's all I can think of right now. Jason, what about you? I'm going to throw it to you for like a 35 year old gym pop mm-hmm. lifestyle female client. Um, and then I'd, after you talk about that, I'd actually like for you to break down why Cordae's and Relax work well independently and then in tandem with each other because the three of us use those products and I actually talk to other coaches about using those products too. Like, look, these are the ways to get results. Sure, there's money there, but it's called the coach's brand for a reason. So I wanted yep. to kind of get your take as a formulator, what your yep. mind is on that. Yep. Um, okay, so it's a 35-year-old female client with basically the same pattern as what you gave Jeff. Yeah, just, you know, yeah. stress. Like we'll say kids, job, just the usual yep. stuff. But, uh, you know, wants to lose like, weight, belly fat, and she has your typical syndromes of perimenopause occurring. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, remember it's a multifaceted, you know, approach. So it's not just one thing. I'm not just throwing supplements. I'm not just adjusting diet. I'm doing it all. So, so you know, we're adjusting diet. Um, a lot of times the diet's being adjusted to affect gut health because there's, there's underlying gut health issues. Um, and that's a whole other podcast, but I'm doing low FODMAP. I'm using our gut defender. I'm doing a lot of things to clear up gut. Um, I'm resting them more. Um, I do anything from two days of training to four, and that'll be tops for someone who has cortisol that's cranking too much and they're stuck in a sympathetic dominant state. Um, and the training is scaled back. So the RPE on that is about a seven. And another way to say, state that if you coach and want to pass it on is to say, just stop three reps shy of failure. That's another way of, of thinking about your RPE. Um, failure defined as perfect form failure, mechanical failure in that sense. I don't get that detailed. I mean, I, okay. Well, I was know, just, just figuring, you know, throw it out there. Shy of failure. You know what I mean? All right. Um, self-governance has to come in or else you'd be giving little details like that on every little thing. It's not that end of the world. Just stop shy of failure. Um, we're just trying to get less of driving the body into the ground. Um, and so cardio is pulled back. Uh, A lot of them have been doing a lot of spin, uh, hit cardio. So that's gone. All hit is gone. Um, they walk, uh, first thing in the morning. Um, that kicks in parasympathetic. I got to get the parasympathetic get kicked in. I got to get people up and thinking about something else rather than their phones and their life right away. So a nice nature stroll is awesome. 30 minutes. Um, but you know, I walk on a treadmill is fine, but a nature stroll is awesome. Um, and then we address, you know, this, so the diet's been addressed, um, that we're, we're pulling stress back by, by adjusting their training. I will have the people that train two days a week, they'll get restorative yoga twice a week and then they'll get like maybe an upper and a lower. Um, and that's it. And then, um, I start, you know, this person has, we're going to, we're dealing with cortisol here. Um, so I'm going to, you know, look at what was their labs. So let's say their labs come in and cortisol in the mornings of five and they're telling me I'm sluggish all day and I don't sleep well at night. Immediately I'm thinking flop circadian rhythm. They're, 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 they're five on a cortisol test is low. Um, some labs that might not be clinically low, but it's down there. Like it's low. You're not cranking out enough cortisol to deal with your day. Um, and then at night, the reason they're not sleeping, I'm thinking cortisol. So it's rising. So what I'm going to do in this situation is I'm going to use Adrena Health in the morning. Our product, Adrena Health, it's got everything you need in it to start getting cortisol to be produced again by the adrenals. I'm going to give them two in the morning and two about 2 p.m. And then at night, I'm going to give them two to three cordies about 30 minutes pre-bed. And so what I'm doing is, is I'm trying to train to re-flop uh, the circadian rhythm back to where it should be, where cortisol's up in the morning and down at night. Um, if it's really bad, I will use 1,000 milligrams of ashwagandha with the cordies. Um, and then if sleep is still a problem, what I'll see a lot is, is waking up at 2 or 3. Then I add, um, because waking up at two or three is usually a serotonin issue. The last four hours of sleep or so are serotonin driven. People don't know that. Yeah. So you could add five HTP, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to use our product, 
uh, relax because it helps from a GABA serotonin standpoint really hit those two the neurotransmitters. And so I'm going to get two full droppers of that. So I'm not only am I helping with uh, the serotonin and GABA issues being off, uh, which happens a lot when you've got adrenal issues. And then um, I'm helping with the cortisol come down too. So I'm listening to symptoms. I mean, this could be completely opposite. They could be wired as fuck in the morning, like just get up and I feel like they're going to run a race and you get the labs back and it's like a 19, it's a 20. Um, so you know you need cortis in the morning, not adrenal health. Um, and then if they're still sleeping bad, then you know cortisol staying elevated all day. So I might hit them with two cortis there in the morning and then two in the evening. So you have to read your symptoms and know your tools. And my two tools for this are adrenal health and cortis. And then I'm just plugging them in where I've got to get the body not be sluggish or be tired. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm flip flopping back and forth. And also the relax has melatonin in it. So we talked about cortisol up, melatonin down, where we're going to help supplement a little bit of that until the body can catch up and really start behaving properly when you can then start pulling the nutraceuticals back. Sounds like a good plan of attack. I want to throw something out there. I'm going to slaughter the name, so you're going to have to like help me along here, but it's fossil, fossil phosphodiesterine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So what Jason just said, um, I just call it, you know, PS, but um, yeah, that's a that good way actually to. in doses of 400 milligrams, um, no more than 800 for a short time has been shown to repair the cortisol receptor actually. So you'll be able to utilize that with people who have adrenal fatigue or um, things like that. I know that I had to do that a little bit after my shows. I put that in along with the new ethics, adrenal health. And I had to I felt too. great within yep. a few, like literally a week or two. Yep. Um, but I want to throw out a couple of hacks that you guys could do that don't cost any money. If you guys are trying to be conservative and want to maybe Definitely. fix it without that. And a couple of things you could do, which is real cheap is get a pair of blue light blockers. Um, 40 bucks for a good pair on Amazon. I use a pair off raw optics. It was like a hundred bucks. Um, but I've used that. I've had a few clients who would be like, no, I get to bed better. And that's if that'd be for people who like uh, to be on their phone in bed, read their iPad in bed, TV in bed. That would be a great investment as the blue light stimulates cortisol and keeps you awake. So um, that would be a good cheap one. You could do stretching and yoga before bed. Um, to help kind of unwind, um, get yourself ready into a relaxed state. Another hack is to eat dinner at least two hours before bed. So your meal is already processed. So you're not going to bed very heavy, very worn down. The last thing that I like my clients to do is meditation or breathing um, or maybe like a journal, like a gratitude journal or something like that. Just little hacks you could do to kind of get your mind. One other one, Jeff, that's cheap yep. is chamomile, chamomile tea. We'll bring cortisol oh, yeah, down. That's, that's one. So, you know, you could do like a double bag, double, double bag. <laughs> uh, uh, a podcast by men for women. <laughs> um, so, you know, you could double bag it and um, have a chamomile tea about an hour, maybe two hours before bed while you're doing some of those other things that you were talking about. Um, and if you are managing stress and getting your diet right, you might be able to, to do just that and, and have a, a very good impact without having to um, invest in supplementation. You might not get fully there, but you will definitely have a change. Yeah, I've realized, so from what my thing is with Gym Pop, men can take like blue light blockers, stretching before bed and get really good improvements. Women, I usually have to add an extra layer on there. So usually it's Cordy's and then if it has to go further, I, I, I step up from there to like relax or kind of depending upon other stuff. But those are some ones you guys could do, you guys can utilize that are cheap, that don't cost anything other than building out the time and the routine, which if you're gonna lower stress, you need to be building out your routine anyway to make sure that it's something that doesn't stress you and pressure you and make you feel like you're always go, go, go. So those are some little hacks you could do. Yeah, so I mean, if someone is, if someone describes their life to you as they never have enough time, they're going to have a cortisol issue. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And that, that's something I almost thought about putting on my intake question. Do right. you have yeah. enough time yeah. in the day? Question yeah, mark. That's a good question to ask. You know what I mean? Right. And I think so. Because if that's their mantra, they'll know it and they'll be like, yes, I say that all the time. And then those are the people that always have these issues. Absolutely. Is there any other little things you guys would like to chime in or do we put a little bow tie on this one and say we're done? I think that's been pretty good. That's been over 40 minutes. I think that, I think we've covered a nice, I mean, you know, we've uh, explained it. We've given uh, things to help. So I think, uh, I think we've done a nice job on it. 
sleep's important guys like it's it's really paramount in terms of muscle building in terms of you heard about how it can affect fasted blood glucose uh repair uh for your mind and your body um so you know Hormone levels, sex hormone yes, levels, all of progesterone it. So, steel, the testosterone so steel, all that. So important. So, you know, if you think cortisol might be affecting it, uh, and the underlying obviously is your stress, um, hopefully this, this helps you, you know, at least get that under control. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to say, we get a lot of questions about the whoop app, um, thrown to the podcast. Now we can do a podcast on that, but that's only going to apply to a very small group of people who's yeah. doing it. So what Jason and I are doing is we're trying to put that up on our stories. So make sure you're giving us a follow on our IGs and then on the excellence cartel as well. And the physique education collective, because you're going to see it on one of those odds odds are, but um, really the whoop app for me was, I'm a very visual person. That's why I like bodybuilding. I can, I'm like you, Jason, what you said long ago about dieting. If I see a little change every day, it gets me more motivated to keep going. Yeah. I see sleep. And before I could be honest, like t- my sleep was terrible. 80% bad, 20% good. Now I flip-flopped it. Not every night's going to be perfect sleep. You can take all the supplements, do all the right things, and you're still going to have some crappy sleep. But the Whoop app has allowed me to be more mindful of breathing more during the day to make sure I'm chilled out, of making sure I take time for myself and making sure I build good little sleeping habits and so forth. And since then, I can honestly say I feel better. I feel less inflamed. I'm way more functional mentally. Uh, so there's a lot that really goes into that. But really where Whoop is its gold is it allows you to see your deep and your REM sleep. And then you and I mean, what, it's almost 40, you. you're still getting better, you know, in terms yeah. of bodybuilding. Oh, yeah. And, you know, those types of things, I think, are what guys who fade out don't track and take a look at. And so over time, their body breaks down and then they look back and wonder why. Well, none of these things were taken into account, you know, from cortisol to stress to their gut to their, you know, tracking their sleep, you know, however you want to track it. You don't have to get a whoop, but figure out some way to be tracking it. But uh, yeah, I mean, you've improved a lot this year, you know, at at almost 40 years old. Yeah. And the one thing I will say on this, uh, you know, it's that insight, that visual data that has allowed me to improve because I've been able to go, okay, what things am I not doing and what things do I need to do? I will say this though, if you're a woman with a whoop band, you guys can really watch your period in the ups and downs and be able to adjust your training and your food accordingly because there are certain times during your menstrual cycle, um, actually your 28 day cycle where you're going to be good sleep and bad sleep. And there's stuff that I've seen with some of my clients where I'm like, okay, and you can see it every month on this one day, it's really bad or really good. And they can tell you exactly where they were in their cycle. So that will give you insights too and different little hacks you guys can, but, uh, we get that question a lot. I wanted to address it because it would only serve a few people. But if you guys have any questions about whoop, you guys feel free to message me directly. Uh, Jason, they can message you too. And then we could kind of answer on that. But um, what do we want to do next week? Do we want to do another Q and a and have these people uh, shoot us some stuff? Do we want to take a deeper dive on PCOS? I know Sue wants to talk about, why none of us should eat meat anymore and, and be completely vegan and vegetarian yeah. shit. I remember when you tried that for a few days, you're like, dude, I'm shit green. <laughs> like, it's impossible to get the type of bodybuilder protein and eat a vegan diet. That's what was messing him up. Oh, yeah. I know. I was like, Oh God, I couldn't imagine. You know, I tried a couple of diets uh, late last year and early this year. I tried that vegan diet and I also tried a diet where I was eating like, ham sandwiches like every meal and uh cheddar rice cakes and that why be- did you do that what was the ham? what was the part who gave you that fucking diet lazy 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 with my macros and I, this is like i sent the picture to jason jason's like you're getting fat and like <laughs> we got blood work done and my fucking fasting insulin was like super high and he was like we gotta we gotta stop this we gotta bring you back down <laughs> You know, I, I give him a big leash. Like at this point, like unless we're prepping, I'm like, all right, try it, man. Let's 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 see what happens. If you want to be a guinea pig, go for it, man. I've never <laughs> had you call me fat my off season though. That no. is one thing I can say you've never <laughs> called me. No. I'm like, I'm, every time I check in, you're like, looking still lean. All yeah. right, add some food. And I'm like, yeah. yes, Chick Fil A. <laughs> you know, I'm like, so I'm just the the ham shit makes me laugh too because yeah. I, I just haven't pictured you like fucking the end of dodgeball when the guy's like sitting there on his couch after losing his gym and he's like eating that pizza. It's like falling all his fat ass. And my picture Sue, like with a ham sandwich and mustard, just pouring all down his chest hair. That was Ben Stiller, right? Yeah. That movie was 
Yeah, Globo Jim. God, that may be so good. I can still watch all that. But um, hit us up with some topics you guys want to hear. We've kind of covered some stuff. We could take deeper dives on gut health. We could do a deeper dive on stress, cortisol. And, you know, we could do whatever. We could do. I know we need to do one on PCOS and kind of tie that up on how we work on it. We had the great Victoria Faulkner on, and or Faulkner, and then we had to. You know, she talked about the clinical aspect of it. And I know we need to probably talk about the practitioner aspect, but we want to hear from you all and get you guys engaged. So anything you guys would like to hear, hit one of us up and we'll put it on a list and start attacking it. Agreed. Love the Q and A's. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Q and A's are fun, man. You know, like I, I really enjoyed that one we did last week. I mean, it's cool to talk deep on a subject like this, but there's something about getting the questions from those people. Cause then we know exactly what they want to know. Right. We're able to curl tail yeah. to them. Yeah. I mean, people should keep sending them. We'll, I mean, we'll do it. you guys can ask me what my like craziest cycle I ever did was, and I will gladly answer it. I mean, probably <laughs> isn't gonna be as good as Sue. Sue was probably like I did five G's of test. No, I'm gonna say yours was the worst. I'm, I'm oh, it wasn't from me, people. <laughs> oh no, I had old coach that yanked me in the hospital twice. So I mean, yeah. like from Rabdo, I think that's why I, I jumped to Jason at that point. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm tired of competing, tired yeah. of constantly going in and out of the hospital for some dumb yeah. shit. So. What do you guys got planned the rest of the day? Anything exciting? More of work. Of course you guys do. Yes, lots of More exciting work. shit. Reading. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I, got a lot of, I got a lot of emails hitting me, staring at me. What yeah. are you reading, Sue? Well, I'm going to read. Well, I'm actually reading two books right now. So this book, I, I think I told you about Woman Code. Woman uh, Code? About, you know, syncing your cycle to your training and, and your diet and all that stuff. But I'm also reading this book, Jeff, which you recommended to me. Max Developing Leader Within uh, You. Yeah, the the 2.0 version. Yep. Um, because I'm going to actually weave some of that into the, um, the business courses that I'm offering for other coaches. So leadership is a huge aspect of business, obviously, as you know. Yep. So I want to shore up, um, you know, my knowledge there and offer some of that. So, yep. The big thing about leadership is it's all about how you, how you are seen by everyone else is that ability to get those deposits and withdrawals. Huh? And the more people you influence that follow you, the further you go. Exactly. So, well, gents, it was good as always. I will yes, get this sir. stuff put all together and yeah. I look forward to seeing you beautiful faces next week. All right. Good. See, See y'all. Bye. Thank you all.